Hey! We are coming to you with the unspoken words. This is the Red Road Perspective. With humility, experience, reflection, and that unique style of indigenous humor, we discuss the issues that affect our mind, body, spirit, and emotional well-being as natives in recovery. Mobriety. Community, accountability, transparency, and service work. Uh, hope. Hey, yeah. Giddy up. Oh, man. Unspoken words. Episode 60 is in the mother sucking house. The Jonathan Gibson episode, Jonathan Gibson, (laughs) a.k.a. Jonathan Cummins. Just kidding. (laughs) I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Anybody else wear 60? Walt Kirk and Dick were... Walt Kirk and Dick Ware. <laughs> you made that last one. Oh. <laughs> he just wanted to say that D word. <laughs> Yuck. Thanks for tuning in, Dick. Shout out to Buck Williams. <laughs> Buck and Dick back at again. Back at it again. <laughs> Too far. Too far. My bad. Man, it's the eve of Christmas Eve, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sandy Claus. Santy. All right, over here to my right, all the way from Arrow Creek, the resident sensei over there, just around the way, your favorite Indian, JCB. So what's up? What's up? And over here to my left, all the way from LG, he ain't even trying to preach the pod. God, he said, what's up? Yo, yo. All right, all right, all right. And across the way from me tonight, special guest, uh, recently alumni from MSU Billings, Mr. LAC, soon to be George Reed. Say what's up. What up, what up? Right on, right on, right on. And you know me, Mo Hugs, not drugs. Good beer. (laughs) (laughs) That was boring. (laughs) Uh, You guys should start introducing me. All the way from way, way up the road, Arrow Creek, Montana, Prior Gap, the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Josiah Hugs. Ah, good. Oh, no. oh, thank you. It's good oh, to be man. here. Good to be here. <laughs> what makes the red man red? You guys ever watch Peter Pan? Why does the red man say how? Or why does he ask how? <laughs> how do you do? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> big game tonight down at the uh, first interstate sports arena. LG versus Harden. Who you guys got? Lots grass, baby. LG will win, I think. Yeah. But you? Oh, I'm actually a Harden alumni, so I'm oh yeah, boo dogs stick in the with house. The boo dogs, right on, right on. Well, I hope my, they, my, my. I hope they both lose. As, to be honest, as they, as they say in Bapa, both of those schools are on the dark side. So yeah, on the dark side. So I hope they both lose. No, I was uh, 
I think I have more relatives on the Harden team, so I'm rooting for them. Boo dogs. <laughs> Boo dogs. Boo dogs. I got some nephews on that team <clears throat> right now. So I, I just don't want to see Darren Fritzler on the Lotsgrass side this game. <laughs> just because Lotsgrass is good now, you know? <laughs> Probably just to have the same wardrobe just shows up to the game. <laughs> Die hard, hardened Bulldog fan last couple of years. <laughs> don't switch sides now, bro. Don't be switching. Hey, they, they got the same colors, no? They have, they have Orange the and color. black attack, baby! Yeah, what huh. he said. Okay. Yep. Just, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, I seen some posts today that said blackout. Each team was trying to do, like, whatever. I was like, yeah, hey, you guys got both the same colors. <laughs> 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 That'd be cool. I just don't know why they pick, like, a big old arena like the Metro. Like, they're not going to pack it out. No. Oh, sound, you don't know. Sound like a hater. <laughs> I know. Got the hateration. That's it. That's that crab pot mentality, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's cool, but dog, like, there's, uh, I don't know, like, maybe, how come they didn't try, like, Lockwood or somewhere? Oh, yeah, true, huh? At least to, uh, a smaller venue, so when it, is, when it is packed, it looks more packed, right? Yeah, or like MSUB or Rocky or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like you're going for a 10,000 seat arena And we don't even barely got no 10,000 on the res <laughs> <laughs> Put both of those communities together You're not going to fill it up I know bro Like True, 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 true they still Man, You sound like a hater though. right now They still. <laughs> Did you say me? <laughs> I'm following your lead bro I know <laughs> No I was going to say Did they still have games at the shrine? I don't think so I mean, that's, building, that's a small one. That's too one. small, yeah. It's too yeah, small. It's almost, too small. Like, almost like a high school gym. I mean, Jim yeah. uh, and LG or Harden's probably bigger than that, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they probably had, like, shopping and all that in mind or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. like that last year, too, I think, though. But still, it'd be kind of... I mean, they're good games, though. It'd be. I mean, yeah. it's probably cool for them, too, to, you know, play under the bright lights. Uh, yeah, play in a big arena. In our 50-year-old arena. Yeah. <laughs> About 10-year-old roof. I was going to say. <laughs> I was just going to say, man, part of it's only like about 10 years old. With the Band-Aids? No, I'm just kidding. With the Band-Aids? All right, let's move on to our game. <laughs> it sounds like a big old hater. <laughs> the hateration's coming out. Randy, you're exposing your heart, bro. <laughs> Drink some more of that tea. Get that, <laughs> get that haterade out of you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tonight we're going to do our little game, Icebreaker. Tonight uh, we're going to tell a story. The theme is going to be Christmas. And <coughs> hey, here we go. Santa <laughs> Claus. Hey, did I tell you I cussed <laughs> out Santa? What? I said I cussed out Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What happened? Tell, tell us, us story. before the story. Uh, okay, do so. Do tell. <laughs> oh, do tell. The, the many adventures. <laughs> the many adventures of me. But anyway, so I went to, uh, I was in Albertson's parking lot, get some lunch real quick. And uh, I was trying to pull out, but a yeah. truck pulled in next to me. And then the guy was getting out. And so, of course, you know, I'm going to wait. You know, he opened his door. But when I turned around and looked, all I could see was like his torso area. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. And man, he's got out and was kind of, you know, codging around and taking his time and checking for his wallet. Looking for, and, uh, man, I was in my car and I was like, man, get out of the way. Hurry up. And, you know, just cussing yeah. around. 
And here, when I backed up, I saw his face, and man, he had the full-on white beard, big old fat white guy, and I was like, oh, shoot, that's Santa Claus. <laughs> did he hear you? Uh-uh, he did hear me. Oh, I, rolled right. down, I rolled down my window. I'm sorry, Santa. Don't give me a coal, okay? Hey. Don't give me a lump of coal. Man, I turned, I swear to God, it was Santa Claus. I bet. Now you can get a lump of coal. I don't even care, man. He hasn't been to my place in years. <laughs> <laughs> Move it, Kringle. Don't you got deliveries to make? <laughs> Get on it, Kringle. What is yeah. that? <laughs> Our texters thing. Santa got run over that Albertsons. He <laughs> said by a Fiat. Oh, by Santa a got Fiat. run over by a Fiat. Oh, yeah. Walking through Albertsons parking lot. Well, he should move. <laughs> Coming move. out of I-O-11. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you ever see the IGA has... All the community's names on their aisles. What IGA? In Harden. Oh, in Harden. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> what I do, I'm starting to be like this guy now. <laughs> you just got to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in the IGA we got is in Lockwood. You know what, man? I, I bet it sounds good in your head. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what you were talking about. That was the important thing. Over there. But yeah, I, was, I saw that when, when I went down to um, Crow this summer. And then <clears throat> I noticed that <clears throat> the... The, the prior aisle has the toilet paper in it. What's <laughs> up with that? I'd, you're going to have to ask them. Huh. Mm. The toiletry aisle. Prior. Toiletry, yeah. I'm sure mm. they have napkins and stuff too, but yeah, it's got toilet Probably paper. just the toilet paper, I would say. <laughs> 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 Nothing in that aisle, just toilet paper. Just toilet paper all the way down. Mm. Kind of mm. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, man, I, I took a hard right right there. <laughs> Why oh, you gotta I, say that, man? That rabbit trail didn't go anywhere. Uh, well, back to our story. <laughs> 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 okay, here we go. So we're gonna tell a story, simple phrase. Uh, we're each gonna say one. We'll go around the horn about three, four times, four times, sacred four number. times to make it sacred. Christmas theme. Uh, Christmas theme, uh, three to four words. And I'll start off here and then I'll, we'll go to. We'll go clockwise, sacred. All right, so I woke up Christmas morning and I wanted to cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> the fireplace was nice and toasty, and I burnt my feet because I still had my red snowshoes on. And I was shivering. (laughs) (laughs) And she woke up and said, put your clothes back on. (laughs) My family's coming downstairs. (laughs) Can you give me a ride home? She said, where's your gas money then? (laughs) So I looked in the couch for some change. And I remembered I had five dollars for my per cap. <laughs> What's that for? I don't know, but we kind of drifted away from Christmas. What <laughs> way far away? <laughs> and I put it in the stuffing. No, what? What's that thing? <laughs> stocking. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to say stop in the sun. I put it in the stuffing. 
<laughs> Where's your head at, bro? Where's your head at? <laughs> Get this man some stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> Take off stocking stuffing. <laughs> Some stuffing stuffers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was a good warm up. That was a good warm up. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. So, you guys want to stick with the Christmas? Yeah, we were, we didn't even do it. The only thing about Christmas on that one was he woke up on Christmas morning. <laughs> I was like, the, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, Christmas dream. Here we go. <clears throat> Round two. <laughs> Excuse me. I was about to open my present. But I needed my coffee first. And then the doorbell rang. And there was a man dressed as Santa. But I didn't even know who he was. And I got real scared. <laughs> was it was it uncle or Santa? It was hard to tell because they both smelled the same. I think it might have been Auntie. Because <laughs> Auntie has a beard too. <laughs> then suddenly, he, I heard someone say, Ho, 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 Merry Christmas. But when I heard ho, I knew it was Andy. <laughs> She's the only one that says ho like that. <laughs> and then she grabbed me real hard. <laughs> and she said, have you been naughty, boy? <laughs> because if not, I'll make you naughty. <laughs> And then I started to shiver. (laughs) 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 And we went straight to the stuffing. Horrible. <laughs> horrible. That's horrible, man. It's the eve of Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas, everybody. That's episode 60. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so are you guys in the Christmas spirit? You guys feeling jolly? Or how are you guys feeling? I know sometimes it's kind of hard for people during this time. How are you guys feeling? It just kind of feels weird. Like, I'm not really in the spirit. Mm. Kind of grinchy? Not grinchy, but like. Scroogey? No, I guess I'm just <laughs> not in a hurry to really celebrate it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, what would the word be? Like, I'm not for or against. I'm just kind of, it's just like another. Kind of ambivalent? Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of like I don't have any feelings. Like, you know what I mean? Like, can, I mean, I do. You can neither confirm nor deny it. Yeah. Like, I'm just not in a rush to go out there. And... Did you get presents, though? Yeah, I got presents. Oh, okay, okay. I got presents and everything like that. It's just like, uh, I don't know. I just yeah, don't have the Christmas. Seems like another day. Yeah, like I'm just not in the Christmas spirit, I guess is mm. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, it's a y'all. good time though. I'm looking forward to. It. <laughs> I said I'll be praying for. You. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not like. No, I know. I'm just kidding. I'm not like grouchy or. Yeah, it's just kind of like just going, just haven't caught the. Yeah, I just haven't caught it. Like, I think it's because there's no snow. Mm. You know. Yeah. Mm. But mm. you. Actually, I I have been feeling pretty jolly, pretty cheerful. I don't know. It's kind of different this year for me. Yeah. I don't know if it's the sobriety or actually having money to buy presents, too, because I actually got everybody in my family a present. Nice. (laughs) Which is crazy. That's cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah, and the snow thing is weird, too, but then I'm like, what the heck? then. Yeah, it just feels weird. Yeah. Like off. It kind of feels off. Yeah, kind of like last year. Remember there was no snow and it was like 50 degrees? Yeah. On Christmas Day, I remember I walked out and I was like, what the hell is this? That's global warming. Yeah, I know. Oh, but yeah. I wanted my snow. <laughs> I wanted my snow. It's supposed to get cold. I don't know about snow. I think today it was cold. a lot. Like, it was kind of cold. I wore my coat in here because the wind was blowing and it was kind of chilly for me. But it was like 50 degrees today. Yeah. But I guess it's temperatures are supposed to drop significantly. Mm, I bet. And the barometer is going to be. No, I'm just kidding. What about you? You feeling the <laughs> holiday <Maguire> spirits? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was saying some weather. <laughs> I don't even know what they mean. <laughs> the um, yeah, man. This year is. It's, I, I, had, I made a conscious effort to do it because last eight years, for my own hang ups, I just. Yeah. Uh, just kind of had, I was grinchy, yeah. scroogey, as you said. Mm-hmm. But this year I made that, I even got lights in my, my uh, around my one window. Nice. Put up lights. Oh, that's cool. Just and being pissy, this guy. Yeah, I was just being pissy about Christmas. And I, and I even like apologized to Santa Claus. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Sorry, I set you up and I, I knocked it down. I. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm not. I'm not. I'm not so cheerful anymore. I was getting lights in your window. I just don't care about lights. <laughs> I just want to be busy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, like like he said too. You know, um, man, I, I went out and I got some gifts. And, yeah, and just like you know, listening to um, the, the the Christmas tune. <laughs> just every once in a while, like if uh, if they come on, but um. I haven't watched any Christmas movies yet because I'm gonna wait for the like, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, I won't watch Christmas Story until it has that 24 hour marathon. On TBS, yeah, yeah. And even Home Alone, I I changed it because I wanted to watch that one <clears throat> later too. Just you know, yeah, yeah. We watched Home Alone two and Christmas Story. Nice. My daughter kind of you Me know too. she's laughing at a Christmas Story because. Yeah, I just get a giggle out of like watching her enjoy yeah, yeah. something that I enjoyed as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched Christmas Story. I watched the Grinch, the new one, that cartoon one. I that was funny about five times. I never, good one. I like never it. did watch that one. It's a good one. Dude, that's a good one. Yeah, you got to watch that. And I watched uh, the Grinch, the Jim Carrey one. Uh, I haven't watched that one. The main two that I haven't seen yet that I want to watch still is that um, I haven't seen Elf. It has. It's not on anything. Oh, yeah, we watched Elf. I bought it on Amazon Prime. Oh, is it on Prime? Yeah, you can buy it on Prime. I okay. bought it during, <clears throat> when I was in COVID last year, like I bought a oh, bunch yeah. of stupid movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was, uh, what was it? <laughs> no, I've been kind of in the, in, in the jolly spirit 
lately, this past week. But because I, I was thinking about it too, as you guys were talking. Excuse me. Um, last year, man, I had COVID during Christmas. Remember? Was it during? Christmas? Was that yeah. Christmas? Yeah, I had it during Christmas. So it was a year ago, and I couldn't. I was stuck. We couldn't even be around family until New Year's Day. That's when our quarantine ended, and like we weren't contagious and stuff like that. Uh, so man, it was it sucked last year. We we're just like, and like I was going through like that tired, like that get real fatigue part. Yeah, I was going through that like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Like I couldn't even stay awake to save my life. I just I kept falling asleep. Were you taking like NyQuil and all that anywhere? At the beginning, but everything I took uh, gave me like real bad heartburn. So I was eating like Tums and Man, I didn't stuff. Take, no, so I didn't take it. I quit taking stuff after those first two days. I was like, screw this. Like we're taking like that extra strength Mucinex and stuff. They're real high powered. Make, yeah. make you see tomorrow stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, anyway, but yeah, I mean, this year, man, it's been good, man. I'm looking forward to our little get-togethers that we got planned for our little family and stuff. It's going to be good, man. Was it last year we, you had a Christmas party here? Uh, or the year before? We usually do. We have one here. Was it the year before? It was the year before. Oh, yeah, okay. like the past five years, we've been doing like a, <coughs> a bingo thing. <clears throat> Sorry, man, I keep clearing my throat. Yeah, so that's what we're gonna we're gonna come to church here on Christmas Day, and we don't do like gift exchange. We just do like uh, whoever shows up just brings a gift, like twenty thirty dollar gift, and then we yeah. play bingo for it. So it's pretty fun. What about you, you got some plans for Christmas? Just yeah, to read. Um, me and my girlfriend, we usually just every Christmas. It's like depending on the roads. We're oh like, yeah, are we gonna go drive down and see our families? Or are we going to just stay in Bellings and enjoy it together and just eat and open presents and all that good stuff? Watch, yeah, yeah, yeah. watch Christmas movies like you guys are talking about. Yeah. So <laughs> th- this year we're going to go travel the res. Right on. That's always fun to do. Yeah. Especially if the roads are nice, then it's a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah. Not stressing about Is it going to snow? I don't know. Let it snow, let it snow. Let it snow. <laughs> I'm dreaming <laughs> of a white Christmas, just like the ones I used to know. Yeah, you buy her album out at All Shipton's Big R's, supposed to be Ace Hardware's, <laughs> Ace Hardware, <laughs> Crazy Debris Corner Store. Yeah. All right, I think we're warmed up. We're ready to go into the interview portion of our episode tonight, and. Jorge here is going to be in the hot seat. So, DJ, hit me with that beat. Ayo, let's get into our topic. Ayo, let's get into our topic. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are, but shucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Grinch, you're in the hot seat. Let's get it. <laughs> and I'll pass the mic over to your favorite Indian, Johnny J.C. Lawrence. You got the floor, sir. You're an asshole. 
Mr. Green. Whoa. Whoa. This is a children's show. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what they wanted to say. <laughs> you really are, but shooks. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Mr. Reed, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, and it's honored. It's an honor to have you in here. Um, I would just ask you right off the bat, it's like, you know, can you tell us about, you know, growing up, your childhood, maybe like when you, when, when you first, you know, came into your exposure to drugs and alcohol when you first used? Yeah. <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. I, I would say my childhood wasn't, wasn't too bad actually, but I, there was one, a time when I did get exposed around beer per se. Beer was, I could smell it, taste taste it. But then um, I didn't really try drugs or alcohol until high school. That's yeah. when I got pretty pretty wild. Like, I went to Hardin, and I was a country boy. I was going to school at Pretty Eagle, Pretty Eagle Catholic School, way out, like 30 miles out of town. So yeah. I was in, like, there was no drugs or alcohol, and wasn't even getting crazy. And then freshman year, and started kind of looking, being around my environment changed because Hardin's just a small town anyway, but the drugs and alcohol are in town, you know? Yeah. So, like, I started experience, experiencing with, like, weed first. And then I uh, stayed at one of my friend's house. And then there was a park that was, like, a trailer house in Sunset Village. And started, there was a party, and there was, like, a half a gallon of vodka right there. And I didn't even know what, how it tasted. I just smelled it. And it was, like, it smells like rubbing alcohol. I was, like, yeah. what the heck? And my friend, he drank it, and... And I tried. I was like, "What the what the hell is this?" And I was like, kind of like got sick off of it. But that was when I first tried it. And I didn't even try it after that for a while. And then sophomore year, that's when everything like turned like for the worse. I would say when I look back on it, I started going to parties every weekend and drinking more. And I even got it turned into a huge stoner too at the time, and uh, to the point where I needed it in the morning. Or awake and bake, and at lunch and at night, even to make me go to sleep. And I didn't even know how deep I was getting into that until I forced myself to quit. And I noticed, I noticed this. Like I remember this for like the first two weeks are the hardest when I go cold turkey off of marijuana, to where I can't even sleep. I toss and turn like a fish, flip and flop, and because your your mind's all like altered when you're, it needs that that marijuana and that THC and then it after that two weeks I started to feel better with from the marijuana it's it's real tough withdrawals from the marijuana I noticed that because I quit numerous times for jobs and in high school too and that stuff is like real addicting almost like addicting as alcohol Mm -hmm. but (coughs) sophomore year was the turning point for me I would say when I alcohol got had even had buyers like that would even wouldn't say no. We we're like, all right, let's go, and then we we would go. I'd have the money, and yeah. Mm, okay, so with that, with all that, then when did you? When do you think you you realized that it became like a really like a problem? Like you know, like to the point where you, you said, "Hey, man, there's this is bad." Oh man, that problem! I didn't even realize that it kept going even after high school. I went into college for a little bit and partied out and just dropped out. I didn't even say it was a problem. I didn't, I didn't even want to call myself an alcoholic mm-hmm. until, like, 
shoots like 2000. I would say after I would say 2019. Mm. That's how long it took. Even the say I'm an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. What was it that that do you think that you know brought that to you or you know made you say yeah I am an alcoholic? What do you think or what do you think that was? To the um, there was a lot of factors for that. Actually, there was times where um, when I'd be hungover, I would be running, chase, running away from that hangover and make it into. I would start to binge it. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even know you could binge it, and people would do that because I would be sick the next day and just cut myself off, and people would still be drinking and be like, "What?" Like they would call bite the hair of the dog and all that slang and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. it's like wow, and it felt like I learned something new. Like, but then it made that binge. After you binge it, that hangover just twice as strong yeah. and it's mm-hmm. shakes, nightmares, cold sweats. Your mind's like always negative too and like depressed. And it's like not, you, you know, you're like hopeless too. And you're sitting on like laying on a couch and you're just like sweating and you're cold and you're like, holy cow, what the heck? And you think it's your last day on earth just because that hangover is so bad. But yeah. that's when I knew I was alcoholic when I started binging it from a week. And I'll go to two weeks. Then, like, mm-hmm. I would have no job. And I would somehow yep, find friends that would drink. And that's when I knew I was alcoholic because I was, like, wanting to have a drink at least, like, once a day. I had to have something in it. it to the point where I didn't want to drink beer no more. It just went straight to vodka just because it'll get you drunk faster. But it's it'll eat your liver away faster, too. But I wouldn't even drink beer anymore, too. That was pretty bad. Mm. Mm. That, that that was a good description of how how you you know you when you said you were sick because man I I've, I've been through that I know exactly what you're talking about and then you know I I can relate too because I if I couldn't get my hands on the hard stuff then I would want that um you know those cheap uh, malt liquors yeah Coke like, forty five forty five yeah. exactly yeah and two zigzags. <laughs> Baby, that's all we need. <laughs> to go to the store. But that was that was kind of that was one of the the most. I mean, I don't know, man. Your description of that hangover just, just worst day on earth. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Like, like, like your last you, days. You, you describe, yeah, your last day on earth. That, yeah, was, I, that was. I always describe that feeling as you feel like you're gonna end. Yeah. That's how I felt in. Like when I was hungover, like I've never laid on the couch, dude. Like I always laid in my bed, but. Like, I would, ha- like, a TV in there so I could watch comedies, you know, because I, like, felt so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would do that, too. I would, just to get through one day, I would watch even a, it sounds funny, a comedy or a happy movie with a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I even started watching series, like, I would watch Sons of Anarchy. I finished that whole thing, and, like, Shameless, I finished all those just to get my mind off the hangover. And there was uh-huh. a time where my, my girlfriend went to work, my son went to school, and I was just sitting there jobless, and I was real hungover. I was just like, every time I'm like, can you, I drink water, it'll come right out. I rent to the sink, and I'll just be, I'll just be shaking. Like my feels like my heart's going to stop or something. Yeah. And like I just I would sit on the couch. I would lay on the couch and just have like a blanket, and I would just start thinking. I'm like, oh, I can't start thinking like that. And I just, it got to a point like that, too, where um, I couldn't have money to get vodka, so I would like get a four pack of Colt 45s, yeah. and it was so bad, like I would dig in my son's piggy bank just to get like mm-hmm. the silvers, the quarters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell him that too, and I, I make I have I make up to him. I'm still making that all that time for him, and 
trying to be a great dad better than a a drunk one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just I shook his piggy bank and I had like enough for like that four pack of Colt forty five when I was real hungover. And that's funny that you brought that up because that's the last thing I drank before I sobered up too when I was, was real that, hungover. Yeah. Yeah, HGs. You're you're not alone on that that change thing because uh, I did the same thing, you know. Like like even my kids would have like a couple of dollars laying around, and I, I don't know, maybe they didn't know about it or you know they forgot about it, but I'd take it. Or like I, I my mom was my mom, I, she because you know she just puts your change like when she comes home from work, she puts her change on there, and every once in a while I'll get lucky and find like some dollars. But mm-hmm. for the most part, man, I just scrape that change off her dresser real quick and then t- head out. <laughs> and I, and I, you know, what's crazy is I still have dreams about that. Yeah, I have dreams about taking her change mm. because you know, at first she didn't, you know, she didn't really say anything. But then eventually, you know, it. She, I mean, she knew all along. Yeah. But eventually, she got tired <laughs> of it. I'm tired of you taking my change. You know, I did that to my sister. You know, a lot yeah. of people. So, I was just talking to my mom, actually, like yesterday about that. Um, we were talking about something and I was like, man, that's my biggest pet peeve. And she was like, you know what mine is? I said, what? She goes, when I have like change and stuff and I put it somewhere and people come and take it. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know what I mean? I'm like, damn, that sucks, doesn't it? Because it's like just your change, right? Like, yeah. You just kind of put it like home is like a safe place. But we all got friends and family members or maybe it was us. That would go in there and freaking jack everything, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I remember, right, you guys made me remember this time, like, we had this thing, like, just this big old cup. Um, <clears throat> it was, like, fat at the bottom and then skinnied up and then got white again. Uh-huh. Uh, we got it from Vegas. We brought it back from Vegas, uh, me and my lady, and it was just sitting in the um, living room, and that's where we just threw our change in there. And I remember I, I took all that change once. I just got enough to get two forties at the gas station down the street. I remember I put, I dumped it out. I was hurting. My son was there. He was just a little guy, probably like four years old. And I said, hey, let's count this change. And I got enough. And, like, you know, it was just, like, right there. The gas station was just, like, right there where we lived. And I bounced. I went over there real quick, and I got those 40s, and I came back. Um, But I just remembered that. And I cringed. Mm-hmm. You know, I scrounged up those quarters and went and bought two 40s. I was hurting. Yeah, that I made my son help me count them out. Yeah, I've I've had my <laughs> my nieces counting pennies so I could roll them up. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> what we used to do? That's yeah. right down. Um, you got the floor, Pod Gaddy. Me? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Me? <laughs> um, I guess like once you. Like you found out that you were, that you had a problem. Like what made you want to change your life? Like was it becoming like where you having like not, and you don't have to get like personal, but like did it, were you starting to see relationships change or, you know, you weren't as outgoing or, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. How, how did, uh, how did you come about to realize like, yo, something's got to change? And I'm glad you asked that. It started deteriorating, like, slowly, slowly. People were dropping. They didn't want to be around me because, like, I, I'd get, be drunk and be belligerent. Yeah. They're like, no, I don't want to be around this guy. And they're <coughs> like, what the heck's going on? And, like, 
I didn't even know where I was going. Like, I didn't even think like that. I didn't even think that far. I just thought, like, stop for the weekend. What am I going to do? What am I going to drink? And so, like, what made me, after I found out I had a problem, I was like, you would probably, you probably hear this a lot. It's like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yes, sir. In and out of jail. <clears throat> in and out of hospitals it it was either one it was like a cycle like that circle like argue with my girlfriend get kicked out go back to San X. we would get back together go drink again and fuck up go back to like lose my family go party out and just be drunk and go it'll just be like a like a cycle it was kind of she was getting tired of it too like mm-hmm. she gave me the ultimatum was Keep drinking and lose your family or quit drinking and keep your family. So mm-hmm. I picked the the hard route. I I said I'm gonna do it and here it got to a point where remember you say you're gonna quit drinking, people are like, Bullshit, you're not gonna quit drinking. They're like <laughs> Prove it then yeah, oh, like, you've heard that before or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you say that all the time when your hangover's gone, you're gonna go drink again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no one took me serious. I had a lot of making out to do. I started from ground up and it just it was tough, but uh, I had to prove it with my actions. It got to a point where sorry and I'm not gonna drink was nothing. Like it my word wasn't credible. Mm. Nothing and so I had to do put in the work. And so I actually couldn't believe it, Randy, like how far I've come. And, but I was bad, too, because like I lost all my friends <clears throat> and lost my job. And I, I lost my family like two times. It was like strike three, I guess you would say. Yeah. Because <laughs> she, she was like, man, you keep drinking. I'm getting tired of this. You're binging and you're not even working and helping with the bills and stuff. And pretty soon I'm... I'm not, I don't want to be with you anymore if you're going to keep going down this road. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll find a job. I'll find a job. And here she would go to work. And I, w- I would, wouldn't even apply for jobs. I would just go get another bottle and drink. And I would say I'm looking for jobs. And mm. it got to a point where my wake-up call was Yellowstone County. Mm. I, I went to jail and was in there for a couple of weeks. And my grandpa bonded me out. And it was only like bondsman, 100 bucks. He he did, he was tired of my drinking too, but he kind of got after me and gave me like a pretty good speech, and he just kind of told me what what I should do and what I shouldn't do, and that I should go back to school too if I want to like and quit my drinking. Mm-hmm. So I I thought I'd give it a try, and I don't know. It was tough. It was it was really tough to quit drinking. It, like addiction's real powerful. I couldn't believe some people that are going through it. I can't. I, I know what they're going through, and everybody's different when they're ready to change. They're, it's like different, everyone's recovery is different too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. kind of like idle, idle, uh, idle hands. Yeah, like you didn't. Uh, I guess maybe at the time you didn't have anything to to really occupy your time, so it was just consumed by yeah um, using. And why the whole time you were doing this was there any other like drugs or anything else involved or, or was it just like were you just solely a drinker at that time it got to a point where um i wouldn't even smoke weed anymore I, i'd rather drink even though that hangover is waiting for me the next day but i would i would even just binge it too and i'm just like swear to god my son's right there and i'm just like still drinking and trying to hide it like take like a fat shot and chase and just put it away and act like everything's normal. And at the time, nothing was normal for me. And I thought it was normal to be happy and, uh, like, 
drink at the same time and still have a family you you can't do both i would say from experience you yeah. got you got to pick one like especially for us native americans it always ends bad I, it seems like it always ends bad what were you drinking was it vodka the thing that you it, yeah that's where <laughs> that's, that's really the the end game was vodka because to make it worse i lived right by a liquor store kind of by chuck e cheese uh-huh. so i'd have a backpack carry a backpack go walk over there get like like a first it started off with two pints i drink that up before noon and i didn't want to walk i would stagger back and then i was like man i don't want to go back over there and it'll go to a leader and that leader will be gone like before two o'clock i would say and then i'm like man i don't want to go i would stagger back over there and just it got to a point where i just get a half a g and just not come back go back to the liquor store and just chill on that yeah. mm-hmm. but it would just get me blank and shit faced and i just do stupid stuff like i would go on impulse like my behavior and Mm -hmm. i would just like i noticed that when i sobered up i had more control my emotions and my actions i i think i'm like more like a introvert extrovert kind of deal and i just think of stuff like if i'm gonna do this what is this gonna trigger what what how are they gonna think like if i'm gonna say this how are they going to feel about this? Or if someone disrespectful says something, am I going to get even or am I going to play it cool and like yeah. walk off? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right on. Sounds like you're already doing a lot of responding, responding to uh, circumstances, individuals, um, and places. So that's really cool. Uh, that's what I do a lot. I do a lot of that responding. Um, where in my addiction, I was highly reactive, like you said, just on impulse. Somebody said something, I'm going to say something. Somebody did something, I'm going to do something too, type of deal. <clears throat> um, so you got, you started um, started walking the red road, sobered up, and then like, what things did you start doing personally to start changing, to start responding to situations? What did you do, like? on a daily or something that you did weekly to help promote that responding in your life? Oh, man. <clears throat> I got out of jail, and I thought I was free. And they said, check in at that desk. When you get out of when you get out of this jail, go check out. Here they had me probation, um, treatment, mm. and another, like, anger management class. I had to pay for that and that treatment. Yeah. I went to a Billings Urban Indian House. I didn't even know that I was here in Billings. And so I was like, man, I'm court ordered. Fuck it. I got to do this. I also have a warrant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, I didn't even think about quitting yet. I didn't oh, yeah, think yeah. about quitting yet. <clears throat> I just, I had to do this. I also have a warrant. And I live in Billings, too. And I didn't want to, like, likely they'll catch me, but more likely because it's Billings. But yeah. then um, I went to treatment and I met this guy named Josiah Hugs. Oh, it sounds like a good dude. Yeah, very, very <laughs> charming. <laughs> was he cute? <laughs> he sounds bad. <laughs> what, what, what did you say? Was he hunky? <laughs> was he a hunk? Was he a hunk? Uncle. Why did I say that again? <laughs> this guy was talking about rom coms, and that one guy <laughs> nodding him, and he said, Is he a hunk? <laughs> Is that what they say on all the magazines? <laughs> Is that what they told you at treatment? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, 
But yeah, I, the first time I met Josiah, and I was like, oh man, he's, he's native, so that, that's cool. And then I didn't know he was in recovery until we started getting to know each other. He was my counselor at the time, and uh, I just decided to lay it all out, everything that was bothering me, everything that I was going through, all my addictions, all with alcohol and what I like to drink mm-hmm. was alco- like uh, vodka. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just be in, man, I'll just like, man, I'm going to do this one time. I'm going to try this last time. I'm going <clears> to <throat> be honest. I'm going to work this treatment. I'm going to, this was before COVID happened too. Mm-hmm. And I was going to those counseling sessions and I went to group treatment outpatient. I was doing that and I stuck it out and here COVID hit. And, like, they stopped doing treatment for, like, two weeks. And I was wondering what was going on. And I, I was still sober, too. I was, like, in my first year. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I, I, someone else called me. His name was Johnny Talawaima. He was, mm-hmm. a, he was a peer support specialist at the time. And it's crazy how the, all these people will line up here in a bit. Um, when I, I met him, he called me. He checked on me. He's like, are you still sober? I was like, yeah. And he's making sure I was, like, eight dimensions of, like, wellness make sure mm-hmm. i was doing good and my recovery still staying on the red road and he's like we're gonna go jump on zoom. we're gonna do zoom now for treatment meetings <clears throat> i said okay let's do this and i just used my phone and we met up like with the other group members we're like mm-hmm. we finished off that treatment and we had to do like graduation on zoom it was weird like i graduated on zoom finished that and then i finished my anger management class and after that, I started trying to get back on my feet. I found, like, I went to Advanced Employment. That's, like, a temp agency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were throwing me at different gigs. It was crazy. I was just so desperate to get a job and help with bills and at any time, anywhere, any, like, wage. And here, that lady, her name was Stacy something here at Advance. She was a nice lady, but first job th- she threw me at, it was a pretty rough job. It was for minimum wage, too. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> it was a warehouse to make tortillas, Trevinos. Yeah. Tortillas, you just, make, <laughs> you just make the tortillas and you package them and you count them by tens and then you box them up and throw them in a wa- uh, truck. Yeah. They go to all over at these grocery uh, grocery stores but yeah. man I was there for almost a year just to help with bills and man it was, it was tough I didn't like it I was like man I don't I don't where am I where do I see myself like I want a better job occupation and stuff like that so I just um I left that tepe or I just quit going uh, to that work that one day and here right off the bat later on that Stacy called me they're like hey you didn't go to work I was like yeah I know I, I didn't want to go there and Right off the bat, she just said, yeah, they don't want you back anyway. They <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't want you back anyway. Yeah, and I was like, I, I didn't want to go back anyway. I said that. And yeah. she was like, is there anywhere else I could go? And she said, yeah, let me find some because they're like, it's pretty cool. They hustle around and find you like two-week gigs or a month gig or something. But they threw me at this place called Alsco. Alsco, they change rugs out at companies like at <laughs> casinos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of that place. They, they <laughs> used like to a, work there. <laughs> <laughs> they they work like they have like a big old green or white truck. It's yeah. like they just change rugs out. And that was only for two weeks, and it was fourteen an hour. It was better than that Trevino. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that for two do you, weeks. Do you, you went out with the drivers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
they they needed some help that time, I guess, because they, they had extra work. But I did that and got a good check for two weeks. And they're like, where else do you want to go? And here they really offered me to hold signs. Remember the people that hold those, like, Mattress King and oh, stuff? Oh, yeah. And I was all down for it. Didn't want to really thought about it. I was like, fuck, I don't want to do that. <laughs> could have stood out there and spun it around. Yeah, I got all creative. Wear, wear, a, wear, a, wear a chicken suit. <laughs> so like a hot dog suit. <laughs> so this is when it gets crazy like i felt like god put this path on so i was like yeah i changed my mind i don't want to do that sign one and she was like i found this summer gig do you want to do it it's good for all summer i was like yeah i'll do it what is it you just have to have your driver's license i was like yeah i got my driver's license and she said it was um groundskeeper at msu bellings mm-hmm. and i was like oh wow okay the campus over at msub so i went there and i met the boss his name was brian mackey mm-hmm. man he was pretty cool dude and pretty awesome boss and he introduced me to his, the crew and showed me what my duties were and my, what i had to do as a groundskeeper it was just like like cutting weeds and mowing those lawns on those riding mowers and yeah. checking on the sprinklers and just like the whole campus it's funny i know all those buildings and stuff because they really like and towards it's like in the winter time it's real tough because they have you shovel snow on entrances oh, entrances yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's like holy cow, this is tough. It's like a lot of wear and tear on your body. Mm-hmm. And then I was still sober during all this process, and I was just trying to get that job was good, and but it, you get paid every week, but it wasn't really I wasn't making it. Yeah, and here that Johnny Talawima called me again. He said, "Hey, um, moving up to ACLC, I'm gonna." Uh, my peer support job is open. You should apply and put your resume in and see what gives because you're, you're um, been sober still too, right? I was like, yeah. And then he was telling me the job description and stuff. Yeah. So I just <clears throat> put in my resume and then I waited for like a couple months. And here I got a call back and got an interview. And and um, they sent me to a training. And that's when I started my journey as a certified behavior house peer support mm-hmm. specialist. Yeah. It's much like a AA sponsor, and it's pretty awesome. It's like checking on people, making sure they're still in the recovery, and even having a cup of coffee or go walk in the park or just talking to them and on the phone, telehealth. It's, yeah. And I'm learning a lot of stuff. Like I didn't think I would be learning in all these doors and opportunities mm-hmm. from from my sobriety, but yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. Right on, man. <clears throat> um, so it all started for you. Like you just got honest. You're like, okay. I'm going to take an honest look at the trail destruction I've been leaving behind me. I think that's one of the hardest things for us to do. It's one of the hardest pills that we got to swallow is like, okay, all this happened because of me. It wasn't because of so-and-so or it wasn't because of this, because this happened and that happened. It's like because of my choices. I I chose to do this effed up stuff while I was in my addiction. I chose to drink and stuff like that. So <clears throat> I like that you brought that up. And then... Moving on to like the, what is it? The where was I going with the? We went. We went back to school, um, and that journey, and then becoming the peer support specialist. How is that like helping people? Do you find that it, when you're when you're there for someone, it really it's helping you? Yeah, find that found that piece. Yeah, that's. Exactly what I was trying to say towards, yeah. like, it's helping my sobriety, too. Because mm-hmm. I kind of feel a little bit how they're feeling. There's just the suffering part. Because mm-hmm. 
they if they want to go to AA, I'll go with them just till they get back on their get on their feet. Yeah. And if even if it's their first time too, because I took a first timer like last week and it, I felt like good about it. Like yeah. inside, I was like took him to his very first AA meeting, and I remember my first time and. I just couldn't believe I took someone to their first AA meeting. It was pretty awesome, and now they're like they're still sticking with their sobriety. That's good, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is pretty awesome. That's pretty good. Um, so, using a lot of that, uh, talk about um, you just finished something awesome. Talk about that journey. Oh man. Um. When I was a groundskeeper, I was at the campus a lot, you know, and I was just, like, seeing all these students walking around and looking busy and, like, have their backpacks and stuff. And I was like, man, I wonder if I should go back to school if I want at least, like, a better job or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Or just even giving it a shot. Like, it's not bad to give it a shot. I'm just thinking about that even I was almost a groundskeeper. I was there for almost a year, short of like a month short. So when I was there, I just like said, what the heck? Let me, I'm going to go ask questions, financial aid. I'm going to see what's going on in here. I asked uh, Johnny Talawaima because he, he was a peer support. He, he said he would help people out if they want their help, help applying for a job, want their driver's license back, or even getting back to school. So I util- utilized that. I asked him, can you help me to get back into school? And he said, yeah. And he helped me with the application, and I, I like applied for financial aid. And here I got my class schedule, and I was like, holy cow, am I really going to do school? And I was like, I thought I was rushing my recovery. Like, I thought mm-hmm. I was early in recovery, too. Yeah. I was like, thought I was going too much on my plate or biting <clears throat> too much than I could chew. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> school was tough. College was hard. I was like, holy cow, man, what did I get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, man, I I don't want to drop out. I I don't want to fail and get us like a, like a bill, you know, like for yeah. nothing for nothing. Like even though you're gonna be, get a bill anyway, but for nothing. And so I just chugged along, and I just like I bought a laptop. First thing I did was buy a laptop, a backpack, and like p- pens and tablets and stuff. And so I got back to got back to the grind, and I just started going since I fall 2020. That's when I started, and I wanted to finish. As soon as possible, and here I, I just went back to back semesters, so fall, spring, summer, fall, mm-hmm. and I just now finished this fall, and I was like, holy cow, that was crazy, and summer was tough, I didn't even have a summer, but it felt like when I look back on it, sobriety, kind there's different ways it helps, and this is part of it for me, having goals, and reaching for those goals, and working for them, just mm. concentrating on something, like, to work on, you know, the yeah. Like, that's what I think about when I just now reached one of my goals. And I'm like, holy cow, did I really do this? Like, from being a drunk to, like, finishing school and still being sober. This is the longest I've been sober, too, for, like, two years and a month. Yeah. And I'm still reaching for, like, further in my sobriety. Mm -hmm. Because it's a working progress. Like, I'm not saying, hey, I'm sober, I'm I'm healed, I'm fixed. It's, like, something to work on every day. Like, I read books, I order books on Amazon and watch motivational YouTube videos, even listen to Spotify music and just whatever gets me through. It's better though. Like I'm not, my triggers aren't wicked or like real instant and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it seems like the longer you're sober, the better it is. And like so sobriety is like a superpower to me because yeah. 
like you have more control of everything and like you are more aware of anybody anybody's feelings are your own too Mm -hmm. like yeah just and back to the point summer was tough because those classes were hard and there was there's trials and tribulations throughout school too like even anywhere else but I got a d I got a d in one of my classes in the summer and I was Mm -hmm. like what I could have, I took it two ways, I could have had it two ways, I could have, like, made it bring me down and just fell and, like, let's say relapse, I just feel like giving up. Yeah. But that my motivation was outweighed more than that negative feelings and stuff. I was like, man, what should we do here? I called my faculty advisor. Yeah. It's like, I got a D in this class. What should we do from here? Let's work forward. What what can I do? And stuff like that. I was looking for ways. Like, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to, I knew it was a bad grade. So I got a hold of him and I was being honest. And he's like, oh, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. And you could still take a class in the fall to, to, um, to cover that class. And so I did that. But summer was like a fast-paced course. It was like eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And you had to read like three chapters a week. And I was like, holy cow, this is tough. I didn't even get to enjoy my summer this past summer. And yeah. So then next thing you know, I, I wanted to finish in the fall, which I did. But I had to rack up my credits to 18, 18 mm-hmm. credits and internship. Yeah. So I did that. And I was like, wow, man, I hope I could do this. And I, I did it. And I was just like, couldn't believe it. And the school journey was like crazy to me because i didn't think in my wildest dreams i would go back to school and i didn't think i'd be sober yeah and that's one of the things my grandpa said too is like he wanted me to go back to school and that's one thing i didn't bring up yet too Um, my grandpa passed away in the in the one year of my sobriety in that that span that one year Mm -hmm. just to make things worse too because i was trying to sober up and i was trying to do good for him and my son and my girlfriend and my mom and here my grandpa passes away and I'm like, what the fuck, man? I was yeah. like, man, I, I was trying to do good. And, like, man, uh, grievance within that first year of sobriety, I had to go get grievance on me. And I was like, holy cow, I'm trying to sober up. And I was like, man, this grievance process is tough. I just want to go get a bottle, man. I just want these feelings are, like, real. They're, like, coming like waves just hitting yeah. me. And I just wanted to feel numb. Mm-hmm. And I... It was tough. It was a, like a mental battle, but I got through that grievance process sober. Right on. And I just, I miss him. I, I was real close with him. He, I wish he was here to see me get mm-hmm. this degree because this one was for him. Yeah. Right on. I believe, you know, definitely he's looking down, very proud of you for doing what you did and accomplishing what you accomplished so far. And you're going to accomplish more. I know it. Um, so, yeah, when you're talking, it just reminded me of that that saying. I don't know if it's a cliche, but it says if you're serious about something, you're going to find a way. If you're not, you're going to find excuses. So, like, boom, you got that D, and you're just like, you said you could have threw that and threw in that towel. But you're like, all right, <clears throat> what can I do? Anyone reached out, sought help. Where in the past, when things like that happened to us, we're like, ah, effort, you know? And that was one thing that you avoided was the efforts. You avoided the efforts, and you're like, all right, I'm going to go find a way. Because where there's a will, there's a way. So, yeah, that's good. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and now I just want to open it up to you. Do you got any questions for us? You're off the hot seat. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like that was – it's awesome because I, I listen to you guys too, and I can because it helps me stay, stay sober too, and I know you guys are on recovery. And it, it helps me, too, just listen, listening to your guys' story, Randy. 
you and Josiah. And I just had one question for you guys, and then I was going to, like, read something real quick. But yeah. my question was to you guys, what gets, what kind of drives your recovery? Like, just pick one. I know there's a lot because there's a lot for me, too. What what drives your recovery, long-time recovery? Before we get into that, somebody's wheezing or needs to blow their nose or something. I keep hearing it. It's my wheezing, oh, man. Like, <laughs> dude, ever since COVID, uh-huh. like, it does that. Like, oh, yeah, I thought you were going to say too much stuffing. <laughs> no, and it, it's a, it's crazy because it started like six months after. Oh, for real? Yeah, so it's like a, I know, like I, a long I hauler too. type thing. And yeah. it's like, it's starting to come out this week, though. Huh. Like, I've been spitting out more phlegm. And like, yeah, me too. Like it's crazy this week. Like, I just got my smell. Bro, like I bought this candle, <laughs> like I bought this candle and I couldn't like smell it. What yeah. does it smell like? And dude, like I, like yesterday morning, yeah. I walked into my, uh, <laughs> I did walked into my living room, dude, and I smelled it. I'm like, yeah, they like, you know what yeah. I mean? So my smell's coming back. Start <laughs> it, yeah, bro. But <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm saying like even back. like the phlegm, like the phlegm and everything that's been stuck in there. Yeah. Like, bro, it's starting to come out, and yeah, it's great. Not to gross anybody out, but it's No, gross, no, that's good. But it's like, man, it looks like hard plastic stuff. <laughs> I can smell it's you not know. even funny, what bro. You, mean, like, you, you know what I mean? Smell back. Yeah. I can smell you from here. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I just got my smell back. Like, you know what I mean? No, yeah, you I, never got COVID, huh? I'm just messing with so you. So one of the things, sorry. like, you, <laughs> you lose your sense of smell and taste. Yeah. And dude, like, a whole year later, like, I'm just now, like, getting that stuff back. Wow. Ugh. I just bought a candle, like, yeah, but I'm like, uh, yeah. But I guess, like, for me, oh, but that's where the wheezing is coming from. Okay. <clears throat> so I apologize. <laughs> and my brother says no, that. I, just kept, I kept hearing it. And I was like, man, who is that? I know. I, I, I don't know if you noticed, but I, like, set way back from the mic. Sound like that penguin on Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I keep going back to that with you. I just got my smell back. <laughs> what does it smell like? It ain't easy being wheezy. <laughs> I saw Bill's too, dog. Like, <sighs> for me, I guess, like the thing that <laughs> the thing that drives me is I've already like I've already tried that life out. Mm. Like, I've never walked in blessing. Like, mm. does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. I know what it's like to not have anything. I don't know what it's like to have things. Oof. Like, not just material things, but, like, peace, wellness, mm. like, stuff like that. Like, I already know what that side does. Like, I did it. Now I want to know what, like, this life leads to. That's mm. kind of what keeps me going. Right on. Right on. I like that. I like that. Go ahead. Your favorite Indian, you got the flow. Um, for me, I'm the, gonna be holding my breath now. The, the, <laughs> do you want me to mute your mic? Oh, you're not talking? <laughs> uh, for me, the, the, well, the biggest thing is faith. You know, faith in a higher power, and um, I won't get too deep into that because you know everybody's different. Like you said, you already said it. You know, everybody's recovery is different. But um, one of the driving forces in my life is to try to help people. In any way I can, because like Randy, Randy already, I know what it, or you even said it too. Like we know what it's like to be miserable, to be hopeless, to be depressed, to be 
like, man, this could be my last day. I, you know, I don't like, I was, I was to the point where I didn't want to live, but I was too scared to die. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and then all the mistakes, you know, like waking up in jail and going to prison, doing all that other stuff. Um, I, I, I really don't like, I don't like to see people hurting and to know and to realize that I was a big cause of a lot of people's pain. Like, I don't want, I don't want that to, I, I, I want to help, um, end that for as many people as I can, whether it's you that is in, in, in the, uh, in the throes of addiction or if it's the people that you were affecting, right? Does that make sense? Yep. So that's what, that's my, one of the things that really drives me today is to try to help others in any way that I can. Right on. And ditto on both of what they said. And I think one of the biggest things, as you asked me, I was thinking about it, and as these guys were talking, it's kind of formulated in my head. It's very similar to what they what they said. But one thing that really drives me is I know what it is. I know what it feels like to give up. So I want to know what it's like not to never give up. Because I've given up on everything in my life up until the point where I started walking the red road. Then I went, you know, to six years and change when I'm faced with something where like in the past I would give up. I don't know. I just push through it. Kind of like when you got that D that's why I like that story. When you got that D you could have gave up, but you didn't You push forward. And that's where I'm at. And I can't remember who said it, but they said idle hands. Um, I keep myself busy. You know, I don't want to give up. So I just keep keeping myself busy. Like in and you know, within within reason, I don't sometimes I overdo it, keep myself super busy and I get burnt out. But I try to keep that, you know, within reason to not give up and just keep myself busy. Awesome. Yeah. Some good stuff there. Any other questions? Uh no questions, any but uh okay then so I'll just open up to you, man. Whatever message you got. You want to shout it out there to, to the world, to everybody out there listening, all of, all of our listeners all over Flat Earth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to say uh, to someone, you know, anybody that's out there that's either um, struggling with addiction or walking the red road or brand new to the red road, what do you want to say to them? And then you can read what you want to read there. Addiction is powerful, and it's nothing to mess with because you're playing with your life and some people don't make it out alive and the lucky ones change and they adjust to to life because it's not going to be cured but once you're alcoholic you'll always be alcoholic and that's the tough part but then it's it's not the it's not the end but you could go to AA and check check other places to help you like treatment or even finding a sponsor. But when you get help and when you're ready to change, it's it's always worth it. It sounds cliche, but, like, when you change, you'll slowly see the progress. But you have to do the work, and the work is the hardest, too. It's like words are cheap, but the actions are worth it. And it's funny because my grandpa would say, I'm referring, referencing him, but... 
he would say, sorry's not in my vocabulary. Show me by your actions. And, and I was like shook by that because a lot of times I said sorry to him from my drinking. And he got to the point where he said, show me by your actions. Sorry's nothing. That's what he would say. Mm. Mm. Right on. Well, thank you for coming in today. Thank you for sharing a little bit of your story tonight yes. with us. And we'll definitely have you back here down the road in 2022. K22. I just got to K22, baby. That that was a pretty <laughs> awesome story, bro. Yeah. No, thank you, you. Yeah, that was good, man. And thank you for sharing your story. And we'll have you back. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Awesome. And uh, shout out to my son, Skyler. Yeah. And my mom, Alfreda Jefferson, and uh, Karen Not Afraid, my girlfriend, and my grandpa, who I miss and love dearly, George Sonny Joe Reed. I love you. I miss you, man. <laughs> oh, hey! Shout out to the baby mama. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. <laughs> All right, um, Captain Obvious. Mr. Reed here has prepared a little something. <laughs> Captain Obvious. Uh, Mr. Reed, you've prepared a little something that you want to read, so go ahead. Fire away. Here we go. Bear with me. Hello, everyone. My name is George Reed, and I'm an alcoholic in recovery. I am a Native American that is enrolled member of the Great Crow Tribe Nation. My girlfriend's name is Karen Otterford, and our son's name is Skyler Reed, whom I love both dearly. We both... Both have two house dogs. One is a Maltese and the other is a Corgi. One funny thing about me is that I love playing cornhole bag toss since the summer of 2021. I went to intermediate school in a small rural area called Fort Smith, Montana, where I began my passion for basketball. It started in PE class, and you wouldn't believe it if I told you that a woman taught me how to play basketball. I was knee-high from a grasshopper. I wouldn't say we were poor at the time, but my mom and dad both worked full-time jobs anywhere they could. My dad had a passion for cowboy work and taught us how to ride horses at a very young age. And my mom had a passion for teaching kids in the classroom and teaching me and my younger two brothers about how to do daily chores, such as washing dishes, washing clothes, drying clothes, sweeping, mopping, vacuuming, and respect for others. We all hated chores, but when I look back on that, she was preparing us for life and how to be independent. To this day, I thank her I thank her for that because I love to wash dishes and wash clothes and clean up the apartment when it needs to be taken care of. One day, I really wanted to hoop and didn't have an outdoor basketball hoop at home yet, so my dad took off a plastic wheel rim off a junk car and barbed wired it and nailed it to the shed, and I was happiest kid that day. I hooped all day until one Christmas. My mom and dad had a huge box wrapped up, and I was wondering what it takes, what it was. It was an outdoor basketball hoop. The Fort Smith school only went to fourth grade, so after fourth grade, I had a decision to which school I wanted to transfer to a Catholic school called Pretty Eagle Catholic School, which we didn't live too far from, or a public school called Hardin that we lived 33 miles from. I chose Pretty Eagle because it was more convenient for my mom and dad, and we went there from 5th grade to 8th grade. And I, and let me tell you, I had a freaking blast there and went undefeated in basketball my 8th grade year and undefeated in cross country my 5th or 6th grade year, if I remember. Surprisingly, I never experienced with drugs or alcohol yet, except I tried a cigarette in 7th grade, but that was it. When it was time to graduate from 8th grade, 
and decide once again where to begin my high school journey. I talked with my four, four other buddies that were also starting five for basketball season for eighth grade. I really looked at basketball at the basketball aspect of where I wanted to go to school. It was sad, but two of my buddies went to St. LeBray, and three of us went to Hardin. I was super nervous and excited for high school at a new school with new people and sports especially. Freshman year began, and I met and made more friends and made the freshman team for basketball and freshman football, which was quite the experience. However, toward the spring of my freshman year, I experienced with drugs and alcohol for the first time. I remember it was a half a G of vodka and marijuana at a party. I did not like it at all, but the marijuana, I got hooked sophomore year. So that was the last time I tried alcohol. Now my sophomore year was a very crazy year for me when drugs and alcohol started becoming a priority for me. One of the main reasons why I was why I was drinking was because of making the varsity basketball team. It was a dream come true because I freaking love basketball with a passion for some reason and I was good at it, but I needed work on my defense. So fast forward, I partied every weekend and had smoked weed on the daily. I had to have my high in the morning, lunch, and before bed. I attended more high school parties every week and even after basketball games. During the spring of my sophomore year, it was prom, and I dropped off my date to her destination and almost immediately got pulled over on the way home. My mom trusted me with her truck, and I didn't have my license yet, but I was drinking that night and got a DUI while I was under the age of 18. It really sucked because I had to go to court, and the judge got after me and told me told my mom, that I was that she wasn't going to pay the fine in the class, that I had to get a job and pay it myself. Now, during that time, from freshman to sophomore year, my mom was super strict and watched my every move. But you know what they say, the more strict the parents, the more sneakier the kids can be. I was very sneaky. Some weekends, I would jump out of my bedroom window and party all night and jump back into my bedroom window when the sun was coming up. Anyway, my mom was freaking pissed at me and made me get a job. I applied at McDonald's hoping I wouldn't get the job, and the next day they called me and said I got the job. I worked there one whole summer and paid my fines. It was hard because all my friends were having a blast because it was summertime and I was always stuck at work. The craziest thing happened while working at McDonald's. I met a white boy named Bradley who was a little older than I was with a Volkswagen car. We became friends because we both smoked weed. In one of our paydays, we jumped in his ride and went to Bellings to chip in for an ounce of weed. That was the first time I seen so much weed in my life. It was in a glass jar, which we both split up. I finally paid my fines for DUI and had my last check right on the first day of Crow Fair. So I guess, guess what I do? I go and get weed, case, and a bottle. That first night of Crow Fair and just party up. I instantly get thrown in Crow Jail just, just like the second or third night of Crow Fair. I got out the next day due to a thing called Crow Fair Special. So now, junior, so, so now junior year begins, which is much similar to sophomore year, but much worse with the partying and weed smoking. There was one particular memory I had with my junior year, which was with, at State Cross Country in Missoula. The night before we ran State Cross Country meet, a senior got a hold of his older brother to buy alcohol for us and bring it back to our hotel. We ended up getting plastered that night, and we were super hungover and ran the next day, and I ran shitty. We got away with, which was surprising because how awful we looked and ran the next day. My junior year, I met two white boys who were twin brothers. I shit you not, they had ADHD right while they were huge stoners and wanted to trade a handful of their medication Adderall pills for weed. 
I had no idea what Adra was at the time and traded him weed anyway for pills. My buddy, my native buddy, and I took some and didn't feel no high or anything, so we took like three or four more of those pills during school. And it finally hit us after school. It was a very scary trip. We lost, and we couldn't get through that Adderall, and after that, we stopped taking that. And towards the towards the end of my senior year, I was just drinking every night, and after I graduated, I got offered a full-time basketball scholarship from Little Bighorn College. Uh, it was Pete Conway. He was the coach at the time. He and I said, hell yeah, let's do it. So I began my college journey right after <clears throat> summer of partying from school, which I regret because I still drank and smoked in college and thought I could do both at the same time. Well, that didn't work. That didn't work out. I got kicked out of the, kicked off the team because of fouling my midterm exam. So I was shocked and sad. So I just ran to alcohol and drugs. I had different jobs that that was in and out of jail because of my addiction. I tried many times to stop my use for a job or because I needed to, but no matter what, I would relapse. It was like a cycle. I would get into party fights and get beat up and end up in hospitals for either bad hangovers or getting beat up. There was one time I went to Harden Hospital and the nurse said that I might as well pick my coffin at Bullis Mortuary because of the rate of my drinking. My mom wanted me to stop drinking so bad. And 2017, I was single and decided to get my associate's degree in addictions studies at Little Bighorn College and used my last year of eligibility to play basketball and scholarship. 2018, I moved in with my grandparents and really got close with my grandpa because we did everything together. <clears throat> From feeding and wa- watering horses to running errands in town and getting water for his sister. Unfortunately, I was still caught up in my addiction to move back with my mom and dad. Beginning of 2019, I <clears throat> moved to Bellings with my girlfriend and son, which alcohol addiction was still a problem for me. But it got worse. I drank a half a G to myself every day and lost my job and had no drive or motivation at all for anything. I was just looking for my next drink. My girlfriend was tired of my drinking. I eventually went to jail <clears throat> at Yellowstone County and was there for a couple of weeks until my grandpa bowed me out. He gave me a huge talk about life and where my drinking would lead me to. I told He told me that he used to be a wicked drinker until he completely quit when he was 40 years old. He turned his whole life around and got his master's degree in art of linguistics at MIT Boston, Massachusetts. He always inspired me and the whole family to earn our degree in higher education so that we could have good jobs and live without assistance of others. When my grandpa bowed me out, I felt free until I had to check in front of the front desk of jail and required to go to court or else I have a warrant for my arrest. So I... I just brought that up earlier. I just went to treatment, and he, I got <clears throat> finished with my treatment, and I just fast forward. I just go to right here. I <clears throat> began my sober red journey by going to outpatient treatment. There, I met a Native American man named Josiah Hugs, who was my counselor at the time. He told me everything that has happened to me in the past and that lead what would lead me here. He was awesome because he actually listened to me and got me through some tough times in my life during my early recovery. When I was almost done with treatment, I got a call early in the morning from my, my grandpa. He said, hey, George, you should you should come see me tomorrow on Sunday. And your dad and brothers said they would come and we could drink peyote tea and sing some peyote songs at my place. I said, yes, for sure. I will be there, grandpa. See you then. Later on that evening, I got a call from my cousin crying saying, I think grandpa grandpa's dead and i was like what i just talked to him this morning 
So I, um, my earth was shattered into pieces. My heart was broken in my head. I was in disbelief because he sounded just fine on the phone earlier the same day. He passed away from congestive heart failure in the back of his house. He collapsed while feeding his horses. I immediately got my family ready and went hundred miles, hundred miles per hour, hundred and miles per hour to Harden and seen him there laying in the mortuary vehicle. I hugged him and cried so badly because he was a huge piece of our family that held the family together. He was my inspiration and always helped me no matter what. He would always say, whatever you put your mind to, you can succeed. All you boys have a little bit of me and all of you. Quit your drinking, George, and you can go a long way in life. This all happened when I was within my first year of sobriety and almost done with treatment. So it was very, very hard not to drink throughout the grievance process. I'll just fast forward to towards the end. Advice when what cards you are dealt with in life does not define your future. Addiction addiction is hard and some may not make it out of life. We are the lucky ones. So chase your dreams and there is still time to reach your goals in life. The more sober you are, the more stronger you become mentally, emotionally, and physically. Thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to share my lived experience with addictions, recovery, and success. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays to all. Ah-hoo. Ah-hoo. That, was that was pretty good. Thought you're gonna bust into some Morris Day. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> what? No, I was trying not to wheeze while he was reading. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, George. Thanks for coming in, man. Thanks for sharing, preparing that, yes. preparing that, reading that? that. I just typed it like when I was done with school. I was telling Josiah, I think I missed school. I really typed like a twelve-page paper real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but but did you do, did you just do that for just for this? Yeah, yeah just, do it for just this. for fun. Yeah, <laughs> man. That 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 says that tells me a lot about you. To be honest, I mean, for one mm-hmm. thing, it shows initiative, but another thing too is it shows me like I mean, there's a lot of things I could say, but like the seriousness and how you how you, like when you were asked to come on, like man, I'm gonna prepare something that's that you know you thought it out. So that's that, there's a lot of good stuff in there, and thank you for that. Yeah, thank you guys. It's awesome. I actually listen to this too, and I have it on my iPhone, and it helps me out. Throughout my recovery, I was excited to be here. I was like, "Wow, today is finally the day!" Because me and Josiah kept res- rescheduling it all like yeah. two times. You kept rescheduling. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. No, you were going to come in earlier this fall, but then you started coaching your son's basketball team and stuff. Yeah, and so things kept popping up, and I just told you. Remember, I said it'll happen when it's supposed to. So. I think it was it was fitting that you came in today on the eve of Christmas Eve. Yeah, like especially I just got my grades two days ago too, my all final right. grades. It all just kind of clicked yeah. together. And one thing I wanted to say was it's awesome seeing like Native American men sober too, Native brothers and sisters, because mm-hmm. it seems like it's rare, especially on the res and in Bellings. But it's awesome seeing sober people doing their thing. But I'm not saying I'm against drinkers or social drinkers yeah, or anything, yeah. but. People that are fighting the good fight, it's awesome. Still at it. Well, I just got to say, it's awesome to see someone like you coming up and putting yourself out there and saying, this is my story, and I want to help you if you can learn something from it. Because mm-hmm. that's hard. That's a hard thing to do. Especially as, you know, like where we, where we come from. 
it's like we're we're almost taught to you know we have to put that on the back shelf you know it's not something we're going to talk about it's not something we're going to you know show our vulnerabilities and things like yeah. that but you know we've said it we've said it on this podcast before showing being vulnerable isn't a weakness it's a strength because it's a hard thing to do and you said you already said it man keep fighting the good fight bro yep uh who many hoes for coming on i know you inspire me just watching your journey and now you're gonna start working on coming lac you know that's freaking awesome man and you inspire me definitely yes ditto (laughs) (laughs) no thank you thank you um I think like one thing that I've learned in life is it's always better to be prepared than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. Um, there was this, this man of God that, that said something one time that, that really um, struck me. And he said, God told me two things. Never show up before my people unprepared and never show up before my people unclean. Mm. And it's simple. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to, you obviously did your homework before you came. Um, and not, not, not that anybody else didn't, but once you had the opportunity, you shared what, what you had. And, and I'm sure it's going to be effective to our listeners. So thank you for your preparation. Thank you for taking us seriously because this is something that we take seriously. For all, all our laughing and joking and teasing, it's, this is a serious thing, but we, you know, we, we're, we wanted to do it our way, you know, in a way that, we, you know, like somebody like you could relate to. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I know these guys. They sound like, you know, well, of course we sound like we're from back home because we are. But, you know, that, to kind of, you know, give that connectedness, right? Yeah. And and I think your journey is going to help a lot of people, too. And I also want to say that it's always an open invitation. You can always come back. Next time you won't be in the hot seat, we'll just pick a topic like Josiah says, and we'll run with it, and you can ju- jump in. And Yeah, bro, you're always welcome back. Yeah, thank you. And this podcast, I just want to let you guys know it is helping people. It's helping me. Just mm-hmm. by listening to the first episode all the way now, I've seen growth, too, in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Every, growth in our grows. sound. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> everybody grows in, yeah. in, in different ways, too, yeah. Right on, right on. So appreciate you. Keep stepping and repping on the red road. Yes, sir. Uh Thank you. Hey ha ha. He gone. He's gone. He gone. He gone. Tuesday's gone with the wind. Oh yes, he's gone. Oh yeah, he's gone. <laughs> Out the door. <laughs> Nevermore. Nevermore. Kaka. All right. So, Mr. Um, Reed has left the building and we'll get, I want to get some initial just feedback, reactions. It's up who wants to go first. Go ahead, Mr. Pod Gaddy. JC, he always goes first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I was amazed at his preparation. Yeah. Um, first of all, like, thank him for being prepared to come, uh, to show up and, and really, oh, shoot. And I thought I turned that off last night. I, I was thinking about that too. Um, <laughs> Did you see about five different thoughts fly by? <laughs> 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 no, but like just uh, 
like his preparation, I was amazed by it. Yeah. Um, and how seriously he took this platform. Yeah. I guess for me, I'm like, man, I'm honored. I'm like, damn, thank you for showing us enough respect to be prepared to show up. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, so that was awesome. But also his recovery, like it was raw mm-hmm. and it was very descriptive. Yeah. yeah. And I appreciated that because it really brought me to some certain thoughts of like, okay, that is how it feels. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't miss that hangover feeling. Ooh. Like, I don't miss, like, what he was describing. Mm-hmm. And you got to realize, like, dude, these are two years ago, you know? Yeah. Like, they're not, like, seven years ago. Like, like we're, I don't want to say, like, we have a long time, but it is kind of a long time. Like, you know, like. Yeah, we're a little bit further along. <clears throat> yeah, but for somebody to, who's pretty much fresh. To recovery, who has his head on his shoulders to describe these things. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I am not missing anything. Mm. No. Um, and then just sharing his heart, like, it's awesome. Right now. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. I like that. Thank you for that reflection. Mm. Uh, favorite Indian. Yeah, I agree. I concur. I concur. Mm. That's good. <laughs> No, man, I, you know, just from that, just from that, that one little interview, I, I, I think I learned a lot about this guy because it, the way I was th- trying to think of a way to explain it, but, uh, Randy already said it, you know, it was descriptive and it was raw, mm-hmm. right? It was real. And he did it to me. It seemed like he was, he wasn't going to pull any punches. Right. Yeah. And. I probably said this a hundred times before, but I heard so much of myself in that story. Mm-hmm. And it, mm-hmm. it's almost, it's just eerie, you know, it's like, yeah. wow. Thinking, you know, thinking back to my, my own time when I was in the throes of addiction, thinking that, oh man, I'm the only one. Yeah. And then, you know, what jumped out at me was when he was, when he was talking about being hungover and saying, you know, I felt hopeless and I felt, you know, this is, this could be my last day. And, yep. you know, the yep. way he, the way he was talking about that and like, man, I, I, I just automatically just shot back to certain times when I was feeling that same way and I knew yep. exactly where I was and what mm. I was doing, how I felt, yep. but I, but on one of the things that I, I, I got out of that was the fact that it, you can, I can hear, I can see uh the determination and that and that um i don't know what you would call a uh, resilience there yeah. it is yeah resilience yes in his in his recovery because mm-hmm. you know we just because you know life is going to happen whether we're drinking or not yeah but you know when we're once we take that that crutch out of the out of the picture then how do we react to those good times those bad times yeah, his, you know when he was telling us about getting that D, it's mm-hmm. like you know I, I go through things like that to this day. You know, yeah, uh, I hit a bump, and then it, like he said, you know, there's two ways you can do it. Yeah, it can, it can, it can make you or it can break you. And yeah. what he chose was okay. How do I get through this? How do I? And and the other thing too was that was powerful was that he asked for help. Yeah, he asked people for help. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Like he reached out and said, okay, now what, what can I do to overcome this? Yeah. And that right there is just, I'm going to say it. It was a powerful thing. Power, power, power. wonder working power in the blood. In the blood. Of the land. Of the land. Ah. It's been a while. I'll give you guys a Chris, early Christmas present. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Huh? Yeah. Oh, it's been a long time. <laughs> Man, I can't I even forgot about that. I was like, what is he going to say? And then when you said it, I was like, oh, yeah. Got to whip out the old whatever that was. How you like your kidneys? Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> How you like your kidneys? Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, no, thank you guys for both of your perspective. Pod Gotti, favorite Indian. Um, yeah, and I think I agree with everything you guys said. And like I've been knowing this guy for a minute now and watching him progress and watching that just that resolve that he had, you know, to like, you know what, I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna do I'm gonna get sober. And then he's like, Then I'm gonna go to school. I'm gonna become a peer peer support specialist. So it's like whatever he's putting his mind to, he's gonna go do it. Um and that's kinda like parallel to all three of us here um we're like we're gonna do sober we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna live this life soberly and boom we're doing it um we're finding a way and i think that's kind of um the common theme between all four of us tonight as we were talking is like we found a way and everybody else that's walking the red road out there we found a way where in the past we look we found excuses today we find a way yes um and I think with that that preparedness and that being adaptable, staying committed to learning, not not ever thinking that, okay, I got it figured out. I don't need any help, you know, constantly just being able to remain teachable and reach out. That's so huge for me today. That's one thing that I I got people, you know. I got you two. I got some other people in my corner, you know, that I reach out to whenever I'm feeling Feeling low, feeling that blues. Where in the past, you know, I just wallow in that, marinate in that blues until I was like, I can't remember last time I laughed. I don't even laugh anymore. I can't even smile. I just fake it. (laughs) (laughs) I know a pint would make me feel better. I've done that before. Right? That's why I'm, I'm just it. gonna fake it until I make it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that pint will make me feel better. No, I didn't. I've been in that pity party stage, man. I said that before, and that was my last relapse. It was just because of that thought. <laughs> <laughs> JC didn't even care. <laughs> I, I couldn't even fake it. I couldn't even fake it till I made it. <laughs> Bro, the, the first things that are coming to my mind are probably wholly inappropriate. <laughs> That's why I'm biting my tongue right now. Go ahead, my, give us, give us a Christmas present. Give us an Easter egg. <laughs> uh, just you know, nobody loves me. I can't even love anymore. <laughs> I don't even know how to love myself. <laughs> I forgot how to love me. <laughs> Yo, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Embarrassing. <laughs> Sounds like a personal problem. Uh, but no, it's a good episode. Man, I'm I'm excited, you know. It's been a good year. I'm looking forward. And like I always say, man, this is only the beginning. Yes. It's only the beginning, man. We've been at this a year and some change now. Mm-hmm. But it's only beginning, man. There's more to come. So I hope you guys all stick with us. Come along with the ride. Put your seatbelts on. Buckle in. Because we're going to hit cruise control. Accelerate here. Not cruise control. We're going to put pedal to the metal. In 2K22. 2K22, baby. Bapo nine oh, as he says. Bapo nine oh, nine oh, nine oh. Nine oh, nine oh, nine oh. Hey, ha, ha. So, hey. We got one more episode left in 2021, 2K21, and we'll be back better and stronger than ever next next week for episode 61. Final words from you two. First rule of 2022, don't talk about 2021. Yes, we don't talk about 2021. Where we Who? I never heard of her. <laughs> Sorry, never heard of her. 2021, never heard of her. <laughs> Yuck, whatever <laughs> Alright, to all our listeners Man, I want to say something, but I can't I can't, I can't Alright, to all our listeners out there on Flat Earth We appreciate you, we love you Please spread the unspoken words Gospel Billy Graham style for us Tell everyone, tell that cousin that owes you money Tell your aunties, uncles, grandmas Grandpas Mothers, fathers, sons, stepsons, stepdaughters. <laughs> Illegitimate children. Yes, to all of them, even the ones that you don't claim. Illegitimate children, foster children, foster dogs, foster cats. Foster parents. <laughs> Tell them all. Tell them all about unspoken and words. Even those pets that are like family members. <laughs> but you don't even know where they came from. Even those red dogs that aren't yours, but you feed them every even day. Even that puppy soup while you're boiling it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Merry Christmas. Have a good Christmas. We'll be back next week. Stronger than ever. Bro, I'm hungry. Man. Unspoken words. Is out. Peace. Shimmy. <laughs>